everybody and welcome to No Time to Grind, the podcast for the busy gamer. I am a listener designation, Michael, and as always, I'm joined by our emotional detective, Matt. Hello. And the red tech himself, Adrian. I'm not doing a voice like Matt is. (laughs) (laughs) No, because you're beyond that. You are, what was it? New ideas. You selected new ideas. Did I? I guess we'll find out when we uh, start talking about Subsurface Circular, our uh, game for this last fortnight. But first, let's talk about some news. Should we just should we just go straight on to red, 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 red? Red, red. <laughs> all the reds. Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer just dropped for us, uh, and we all just had a bit of a watch before we started recording. What do you think, guys? I'm, I'm excited. Never, I <laughs> I'm not. I haven't played the first one, so I don't know. I'm with you. The first one is great. I was thinking as I was watching this, I was like, this is Michael's game. This has got Michael written all over it. And in the past like month or so, I watched Westworld, and so I'm in a very Western mood. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, cowboys. It looks good that um, (laughs) this one seems to be set in the South rather than the West. You can tell because of the alligators. Yes. <laughs> and alligators apparently, apparently uh, it's a prequel to the original. Oh, Is that'd it? be good. I mean, I, I only read that from a headline on a, a news website, so you might want to uh, not confirm that. But, like, yeah, I've never played it, so I have, I have no idea. I feel like... The trailer's like trying to get you to be like, realize this character. Who is this? He was an important person. And I'm like, this- he's like, he does not, he's not familiar to me at all when okay. I played the first game. Okay. To okay. the end. Hang on. So this is the third entry, though. What, because the, the first, yes, because the first one is Red Dead Revolver. And that's what Wikipedia says. And if you're going to argue with Wikipedia, I'm going to argue with Wikipedia. No, okay. you can't. Wikipedia. It's the third in the series, but Red Dead Redemption was a spiritual sequel to Red Dead Revolver. I don't think there has been any story connection to Red Dead Revolver yet. Uh, Okay. What if Uh, this does connect to the two? That'd be cool. I'd like... uh, And Revolver's now available, I think, on PS4. Ooh. I I wouldn't know. According to Wikipedia, it's not. Okay, maybe I'm lying. Who knows? Argue with Wikipedia again. Don't... Argue with Wikipedia. <laughs> Let's see what Google says. Yeah, Red Dead Revolver on PS4. Yeah. Because it's probably a PS2 classic. One exactly. of those classics. But no, Red Dead 1 was very good game. Um, I think that's where they... You know the success of GTA 5's online multiplayer? They sure. would try... Like an early version of it was the Red Dead multiplayer where you'd run around in, like, a posse and do, like, um, heists and things like that. Um, but I don't think I don't think a lot of people played it. So if they take what they've learned from GTA V's multiplayer and now put it into Red Dead 2, I think we should get on that and we should be cowboys together. If we can cowboy up as a posse, that'd be sick. So as a third... Per, like third party, never touched the series before. I have played GTA Five, obviously. Um, my my query is this: Where do the zombies come in? Because Red <laughs> Dead Redemption One had zombies in it. It did as a like an alternate timeline thing. And so it, there's like it was no zombies. So there's no zombies in. No. Then I'm out. Sorry, I'm out. <laughs> Because there's nothing better than like zombies everywhere. But has anyone ever done Wild West zombies? Well, clearly they have. They did. <laughs> they did. Um, that's what we're so, talking about. See, that, that's what I mean. Like, this is, <laughs> if we're going to do zombies, you got to make it, it, in, Western. it in a new way. Yeah. Um, so, audience, this is new information. You guys know, love zombies. If there's no zombies in two, then I'm probably, I'm probably out. If there's no Call of Duty horde mode, disappoint. Very disappoint. <laughs> Zombies, COD zombies, Nazi zombies, Red Dead Redemption, um, Nazi zombies. Ooh. Not only <laughs> is it a Western, <laughs> but it is 
the height of the Western world during World War Two, the Western but, World War Two, if you will. Well, that's what <laughs> I was, was going to say. The reason that it's probably not a sequel to the original Red Dead Redemption is because that one is set towards the end of the what was the old West as we're approaching like the 1900s. It got tamer. It was the wild west. It was the wild, wild west. And then and then it just got tamer over the years. And now it's just Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. And that's where movies are made, I guess. And Texas, where there are hurricanes. Currently a lot Timely. Of- <laughs> well, uh, that just date stamps this uh well, yeah. if, well if, if the Red Dead Redemption 2 yeah. trailer didn't timestamp this podcast, <laughs> the hurricane, like, oh, so it was this, like, week in 2017. Got it. Okay, cool. Um, okay. The time is 6.26 p.m. on a Friday. <laughs> it is the 29th of <laughs> September. Do we want to talk about another piece of news? Yeah, let's talk about, you've written down here, Matt, Skyrim Survival Mode Mode Mod. Is fifteen dollars. I've heard something about this. They're implementing so, their own survival mod. Well, so you know how uh, Skyrim and Fallout have mods, and then they're like some of them, most of them, you gotta buy credits for. Oh, is that the new system? Now they, it's you, the new system. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah, now it's okay. like the paid mods. Um, so the mode is eight hundred credits, but seven hundred and fifty credits is eight dollars. And so the next one up is 1,500 credits, which is $15. And so if you don't have any credits lying around, that's $15 for survival mode. So they've priced just above the first like um, threshold for buying credits. Yeah, this is just, I don't know. I, I wanted to get your opinions on this like heavy level microtransaction like do you reckon they did that on purpose? They were like, oh, yeah. 751 credits. Yeah. <laughs> Take that. Yeah. Like, Here's what I want to know. If we're paying for mods now, does that guarantee that Bethesda have to go, okay, who's made this mod? Uh, we have to make sure that there aren't bugs because mods are, ma- are notorious for breaking your game. So if well, we're paying for them now, that sort of there should be a quality assurance. Yeah, right. it's called like the Creation Club, I want to say, um, and it won't be. Yeah, it is curated in a sense. I'm not sure how much, but it is. It isn't just straight up the Steam Workshop. My question is: Are you able to just? download mods the old way through Nexus mods and stuff? I think so. Um, They're just not like official, like good quality, quote unquote ones. I'd have to jump on, I'm going to jump on Steam right now. Just Surely, because even some Nexus mods don't even have a Nexus like launcher adapter thing. You just, there are old school ways to implement mods in games. Kids these days have it so easy. Steam Workshop is still up. So I presume this is only for the consoles. Yeah, that's oh, okay. the thing. And yeah, you're not exactly going to just jump into your console file system. <laughs> but yeah, very cheeky of businesses. Cheeky. <laughs> In general. Cheeky. What a cheeky business. Bethesda, you've been <laughs> yeah. a cheeky oh, boy there. Cheeky. So cheeky oh. to just be like, you're trying to bleed me for more money, you yeah. cheeky. Oh, you the fact little. there's no option to buy the exact amount is very uh, bad. Good, good that business, but bad business. You know, I don't like, like wallet systems. Yeah, like no. Steam is good because, like, you could, it, it at least it asks you. It's like, hey, do you want fifteen dollars for your twelve dollar game, or do you just want the twelve dollars? And you, at least then you can go just twelve dollars. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but like you have the option, like this, they're doing it, but they're not shoving it down your throat. Yeah, I I can't remember. Who, I think it was the Wii U days of Nintendo. It would be like, oh, you ten dollar game, you gotta get twenty out. Sorry, it's, I'm sorry. And then you're like, well, if I have to, guess yeah. I'll buy this other game then. Um... May as well just buy all of a Nintendo game. I'm <laughs> just kidding. What two Nintendo games are twenty dollars? None. 
None. None. They're all, man, 110 Aussie dollars, 120. God. 120, I think, is pushing it. I swear I bought a game for like a, like 118 or 119 uh, at the height of Wii games is costing yeah. an arm and a leg. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Wii or Wii U. <laughs> I feel um, like maybe. games have gotten a bit cheaper. Yeah, they definitely did. For, like They got very cheap for a while, but then they've gone, they're going back up now to a price where I at least have to consider my options. Well, and hang on. How do we want to take this? Do we want to keep talking about Nintendo or keep talking about money? Let's talk about Nintendo. All right. So there's... Okay. Everybody sit down. There is a mini Super Nintendo Entertainment System. What? That's all that's written in front of me here. So that's... That's insane. That's all that's written in front of me here. So that's all I'm... I didn't know that. I, I just wanted to partially brag, partially... Just talk about it. I got Brag. one. I can't wait. Well, it's not out yet, but it's on the way. And apparently, it actually broke street date. It's supposed to come out tomorrow, which mm. probably means oh. I won't get it till Monday or Tuesday because it's being delivered. But um, apparently, like someone, a few people have like gone to like stores like JB and like you know not game retailers. So it'd be and, like or Kmart kind of thing. Yeah, and got and gotten them early. Um, I haven't heard any reviews based off that, but um, well, here's the thing: you said it's a brag, but I've read that apparently the mini SNES, Nintendo want it to be purchasable, like walk into a store and be able to buy them, whereas the mini NES was all pre-orders, all snapped up, impossible to find. Yeah, well, like I, any business wants everyone to get a copy. Like, I feel like the mini NES was probably just on. Like, they were like, oh yeah. Only like the like you know the old timey fans will want one, but everyone wanted one. So I, hopefully they're prepared this time. I don't know if it'll just be walk in and buy. Although I do know they bring. I think we talked about this maybe last time, or I've talked about it sometime. But um, they they're bringing they're putting the mini nest back into production so that yeah you can just walk into an an EB or something and buy it off the shelf eventually. Yeah, I like what they did with the mini SNES in their releasing. Like a brand new SNES game on it, basically with um, Star Fox Two. Like that's very cool to be like. Here's a game we never released for various reasons. Now released, like finished up and released. Well, the reason they could do it is because it was basically finished. Yeah, but they never released it. So because the N sixty four was about to drop, and in comparison to the PlayStation, it looked poor. So they had to kill it to save their own. Sales, I guess. Yeah, to not get like hung for it, but like, yeah, that's cool that they like. I, I, it would be very easy to, for them to just not do that. But oh yeah, I'm sure there like, are other things that died in development when nearly finished. Maybe one day we'll see them. Maybe they'll do a mini SNES two electric boogaloo with uh, a mini N64. Yes, please. I would like. I would buy collector's editions of that one. That's my jam. Do you reckon they're going to catch up? Do you reckon we're going to get a mini Switch? A mini Switch. <laughs> yeah, isn't that just like a DS or, or the um, Advanced? The Micro. Game Boy, the Game Boy Advanced. That's basically what a mini Switch is. Amazing. Um, so yeah, you can still pre-order a mini SNES. Yeah, oh no, this is, them. this is the New Zealand website. Oh. That's weird. <laughs> oh. Welcome to... You've been uh, using some VPNs. I'm on Zung. What? I'm on Zung. Zud. Zung. That's me saying Zing. Z- oh, Zung. Zung. I'm on Zung. Pop vinyl, bro. But speaking of classic games, the Atari box just got a bunch of information dropped, apparently. And some people are worried. Oh, so I, I, have you guys heard anything about it? N- no. Okay. So they're going to do a Kickstarter for it. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, that's like, everyone's like, uh, why? That's <laughs> weird. Um, apparently, it's going to cost between 250 to 300 US dollars. That's pretty steep. Yeah, which is what a lot of people are saying. They're like, that's a lot, especially for a Kickstarter one. They've shown images and it looks really good. Like, I would love to have that sitting amongst the rest of my consoles. And there was something else about it. Um, like, the games on it were going to be, like they like, they weren't sure who they were targeting with the with the box because it's going to have um like pc processors like amds and uh a radeon graphics here we go 
but they're going to crowdfund it with an Indiegogo. It's really bizarre. Um, yeah, they're putting a bunch of classic content and then I think they're going to also do new stuff. Yeah, because you wouldn't want to pay 250 to $299 for something that is just going to play old games. You'd rather yeah. spend that money. You could probably go buy the actual Ataris off, <laughs> yeah. have those old games within that budget. So it's got to have new stuff. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it pans out. I'm, I'm tempted because the Indiegogo campaign isn't out yet. It's coming <clears throat> in the next couple of months. So I'd be curious to see how that do- a how that does and b like what the rewards are because I don't know has a have, do pizza any- <laughs> at Chuck E Cheese owned by Nolan Bushnell creator of Atari. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think he's got no stakes in this at this point. Yeah, I think he sold the company. He's a very rich man. Okay, yeah, so that's very interesting. I was that- thinking, I've been, I've been I've actually been percolating on this. As soon as you said it, I've been thinking about it the whole time. Um, stoically, silently, which is unusual for me. And I'm thinking, if it was any other company, I'd be like, no, you get your own money. Like, But Atari has been, I mean, they're not doing the best, are they? No, so but it's not a good sign that they they know that. <laughs> or they, <laughs> they admit, like, I don't know. But it's is this a- how they've survived? Have they gone... There's no point being AAA anymore. We're effectively an indie company now. It's that damn extraterrestrial's fault. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that... And that Jaguar. Yeah, like one game doesn't kill a whole... uh, Doesn't it, (laughs) But it did. (laughs) Well, it killed... Well, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Next Fortnite, E.T. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, if wait till the Atari box comes out, then I wonder if that'll be on the Atari box. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I would love that. And then, like, there's, we get to see two universes, one where it releases with E.T., and again, the industry crashes. It's insane. They're like, ah, we didn't know what happened again. And then there's another universe where they didn't release E.T. on the Atari box, and it flourishes and becomes the world's most popular console. This is what the curse of ET is. Are you are you doing all right? You seem a bit like you've gone into your own world here a little bit. Uh, well, two different worlds. I was just explaining them. Let's get into a different world, though. Let's get into the world of subsurface circular. the okayest segue ever <laughs> it was okay <laughs> it was better before you uh said it was okay <laughs> subsurface circular released by mike bithel games this year in august so it's a pretty recent game for us yeah. um, mm. it was so a stealth drop as well like there was no advertising it was just here, here you go here's yeah. a uh, here's a game I don't know if you guys listened to the developer commentary. I don't know if like talking about the dev commentary before the actual game is is any good, but um, uh, they were talking about or it, it told us um, that this get this project was like an in between kind of thing, like between finishing their last big game and pitching their latest whatever they're working on. They did this in a few months as like a. It seems like sort of a proof of concept because again, it, in the dev commentary, they talked about like like expanding upon this if it does well so um yeah it was a like out of nowhere and it uh, as a small proof of concept kind of game it's uh pretty good it is very good i thought it was really well done like for what it was trying to do it did what it was trying to do perfectly i think it's really good but now i'd also like to hear well, because it's trying to, I think the main, like most obvious thing is that a text adventure still works, is is the very first thing out of the gate. Text adventures still work. This is, a, this is like a text adventure plus though, because it's not just text. It's not just text. You get to yeah. see, but then at the same time, 
So you see, okay, so in Subsurface Circular, for those who have opted to listen without playing, you are a robot in a train and you talk to other robots in this train. So you do select the other robots to talk to them, but from there it's just all text. And so you can see them in like, I, I think it looks pretty good graphically. Uh, grab your two cents about that. What do you think about the looks? Yeah, it does it well. It's um, it's very sci-fi. Like, it's sci-fi without being like overtly sci-fi. Overall, like the music is like something you'd expect to hear in the future. It has the the robots kind of look like um, Chappie. Mm. They've got that it's kind of design. <laughs> um, but then it's better than Chappie, and that the world seems to be kind of Blade Runner esque. Yeah, like I, there's there's like neon and you know they well you you garner from the story about like the world up top like it's industrial but it's also futuristic and so I was feeling very like a retro sci-fi world with these nice robot you can see like their hydraulics at times and like the actual machinery they have no faces yeah that's so, what I was gonna say like yeah. there's no it, acting. And I don't think do they gesture? I don't think that they do. That like they sit they in positions. Pose, like the priest, yeah. the priest is like putting his hands together. I think. Uh, yes. Yeah, they have a pose, but they don't like move as they're talking. And so that's that's it's kind of like a if a text adventure is a book, then this is a picture book, I guess, because you got the story, but you've got like little pictures. So like yeah. go along. Yeah, this is a comic. If if text adventures are a book, then this is a comic. Here's the question I want to ask you, though. Yes. Is this a game? Yes. Yeah. It, that's a good point, actually, because there's no... You don't affect anything, I reckon. Like, at the end of it, it is because of the final choice. If it wasn't for that, then no. I would say it is in the same way that like Heavy Rain is, although they say that's more of an interactive movie, I suppose. But I guess the the, the point of interaction is what makes it different and why I feel like it's a game. It's because it still is a text adventure. It's just a little more advanced because, I mean, let's talk about the, uh, was it the, the points of focus, was it? Focal points. Yes. Yeah. Like, Again, listening to the talking, listening to the reading the developer commentary, he pointed out that like those focus points are your inventory, basically, like any other text adventure or any other point and click. And I was like, that's that's a good point. Like that is you a collect good all these thoughts and all these ideas, and then you use them on other people to get information or get uh, you know access to things. And I was like, that's a really good point. Like it's a that mechanic is really smart. And well implemented, and uh, well thought out. My only, uh, like, that's a very good point. But at the same time, to me, you can use every focal point on every person, and there's like no negative effect. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. It didn't seem like a inventory. In that, it 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 just it became a part of the dialogue system almost too much. You just had to spam it on everyone to see if something good kind of up. yeah you, like, yeah that's exactly what I was doing. But then again, you do the you do do that in other adventure games, like very rarely in other um, similar games where you have an inventory. Does like you know using the glue stick on the door handle stop you from opening the door? That's at all? usually a sign of not the best design, though. If you're having to try everything on the thing. Yeah, that's a good you point. Know, you know you're stumped if you're having to use everything at your disposal on, yeah, on like, oh, there's a box. Does this go on the box? Does my hat go on the box? Does this wrench I found go on the box? Yeah, true. And this kind of gets away with it because talking is a lot different yes. than placing different objects on a box. You can be yeah. like, how's the weather? What do you think about humans? Yeah. Have any attacked you? Like, it, and, and that makes sense. That you're doing that, and it's and it's so good. it's clever. In I'm that. not I'm not saying it's bad at all. Um, it's just yeah, it, I could have just watched this in a way, 
the point the the fact that we have the choice and I can ask a question before you like you can choose another focal point to ask that first maybe you will end the conversation quicker if you if you realize that oh this is the this is the thing I need to talk to them about some of them were like that it was I have many focal points but only really one thing will continue the conversation so you could just ask them everything in the world or you could you could try and force yourself to be like okay I got one shot let's compare it to a LA noir which we've covered before so I think we can do this that's a conversation yeah. question detective system like this was mm. but you've only got three focal points you have three focal points but there's a there are consequence and also yeah. the ability to miss information and i felt like i always learned everything this game had a story that i needed to know before it would let me move on which is not bad because linear linear can be good and i think it's actually this is one of my thoughts. It works on a deeper level because the the story deals with the robots and their freedom versus um, their sort of they're no longer slaves, but they still have to do everything that people want them to do, and they have different levels of intelligence. And as a detective, you have apparently like the highest level of intelligence. But we as the player and we as uh, one one. I went by James. James one one. Are still presented a select amount of abilities, and so it works on a deeper level in that you, as this robot, have no. You still have no creativity. Your your brain can only come up with so many things that it is programmed. It's it's kind of wonderful in that sense. You get to experience what it would be like to be a robot in this game. You can only ask the questions that the game is allowing you to ask. That's because that's how computers work. Everything has to be there. I guess except the focal points, which uh, the very first robot that you talk to points out that detectives can get focal points, which is the whole thing. Yeah, but it's still, you. it's just you picked up that information. You can then hit that information and you're given then just a new question. Yeah, but it's not true. It's not. It's true not true talking. It's not true conversation. True intelligence. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I'm. Ag- I am agreeing with you. I'm just saying that <laughs> but the game points that out as well. It's yeah. like you can only talk about um, either what I guess the base programming that of conversation that you have, um, or focal points because detectives do that. And so I like the way that that is designed because. It's just it's just cool to think of it that way that it, and and that's why it's linear and that's why it has the path that it's taking. It's because it kind of must. All the ro- all the robots are doing exactly what they can do. They can't do any more, and you can't do any more. This is the experience that it has to be, and until that final choice, when that could actually have that could break the loop because you're on the train, which is a loop. Or it could continue. Although, going back to what Matt said, uh, like I don't know if it was a statement you meant to make, but you said you felt like you could watch this instead of play it. And I feel like the game or the, the story would be less impactful if it, if it was just being watched. Like I think having the conversations yourself makes it feel a little more natural. Yeah. Definitely, that is true, and it feels. Did you guys feel like your character, the robot Theta One One, did he kind of start off as a bit of an ass and then kind of become like a smooth talking detective? Yeah, the options to be an ass were definitely there. <laughs> but did you? Okay, maybe it was just me. I felt like it went away. Like, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I was saying because he seemed like he was like an introvert and he hated talking and then he started talking and then he liked talking and it was cute. Anyway, I guess that's just me. Maybe the game, like if you don't choose those options, starts to filter them out. Maybe. I don't know. What did you guys think of the sounds? Because I'm just going to start with, I 
opened not the game but some gameplay because I actually smashed this out in one sitting of 90 minutes which was good but also bad um and I'll write I'll just say I'm going to write something down so I don't forget why it was bad that it was only nine, 90 minutes um smashed it out cuz I was sick and then I kind of felt like I forgot the game so I was just watching some gameplay of it and then I was doing errands and just the sound, the ambience of the train and everything is really well designed. And I just yeah. Think... It definitely sounds like a train. I mean. It, <laughs> yeah, it, that's a train if I ever heard one. <laughs> but like uh, to, to convey that it's, you know, it's a train, it's a transit, like public transport for the for robots. It like does convey that well, and and not that you're on like a, a freight train or you're on a I don't know cross country train. It sounds like an underground train. Like it 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 helps set the setting uh, very well. My only thing was was it did it cut out for you guys? The sound, no. Yeah, because I'd no. be playing and we it would like be rolling, and then it might sound like it's going in a tunnel or something. Or a bigger tunnel, I don't know. But then it would just stop, and I was like, "Ah, oh, that's weird." And Maybe then we'll start you took again. Too long. Maybe I, I, it's either a bad loop, which I doubt, or um, maybe there's um, something wrong. Because like there was one, I think when I was playing it through the second time, it stopped, and it stopped like didn't stop for like ten. You would usually it would stop for like ten seconds and start again. But this time it stopped. It didn't, it didn't start again for like a minute. And I was like, okay. So I went to the, like the exit screen and then resumed and started up again. Um, so that was, was confusing, but speaking of like the timings of the, of the, the train, did anyone else think there was like, you, you had to get the stuff done before it got to a certain yes. stop? Yes. Yeah, that's what worried. I thought. Yeah. yeah. I was like, do I have to complete this? Like, I was like, I don't want to lose the, like, especially when you're doing missions, we have to go back and forth between two different, um, bots to like, to get information. Like for example, the detective one. Obviously, that's not a good example because they're te- they're together. But like, when you're trying to talk to one to get information from another, I'm like, I don't want to lose that bot to a station, so I'm like trying to speed it through it. Yes, and that actually, I was gonna say that for the point that I just wrote down. I thought this game was randomized at first. It seemed like it was randomized and like kind of like a roguelike. Um, and of course, you, it had a set narrative and story. But it, I thought it was like you got to get all these things through just kind of randomly generated robots. Yeah. And I kind of think that would make for a better game, like if you made it more interesting. And, well, if you made the filler randomized robots more interesting. That would be very hard given the story and the way the game plays. I, f- I feel like it could be done. Um and then it's kind of like if you take too long, the tech is just like, I, this is my stop, I got to go. And then well, you're like, there was Dang, one, I- There was one tech who specifically asked um, how far away a stop was. Yeah. I had two people ask me that. And I like checked the map. Oh, yeah. One person was like, where do I get off? But he was like, how many stops away? And I thought it was like a puzzle because it was quite early on. Mm-hmm. And like, if I give him the, if I say it's in four stops, will he get off in four stops? And so I, I, it's like, oh, it's eight stops away or something. And I thought, okay, does that mean I have eight stops to learn everything from him? But I think we hit that stop and he still didn't get off. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> they just they just stay on the train until they we're done with them. See, yeah, but wouldn't it okay. be cool if it actually was like, all right, you have this many stops until like... Yeah, I think it would be cool. And then it would be hard to do that with the way that they have it with only a handful of robots. So I think they could... I reckon they could make a sequel, not put... Because they... Biffle Games put a lot of love and like very detail-focused... But it's like maybe maybe just ease it up, make or just sell it, sell it to someone who would. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> someone could copy it, I'm sure. 
and it was us, and we made millions. It's that easy, kids. It is. <laughs> let's, let's talk about the story. Um, I want to just mention my point. Should we just go straight into spoiler territory kind of thing? Yeah, that's a good warning, the, I think. The game said for us, well, the game actually warns you um, if you're a YouTuber or a streamer, yeah. don't stream beyond the third chapter because it's a short, linear experience. Yeah. So, spoiler warning, we're going to talk about the latter half of the game. So, if you haven't played it, go play it. It's not too expensive and it's a pretty good experience. It's a, It's got some unique ideas and... Uh, and I'm, as I'm about to talk about it, uh, the story is just is just good. And it's cheaper than Skyrim survival mode, so <laughs> just go buy it. It it is really good. If you're a busy gamer, uh, like it's, I slammed it out in ninety minutes. Yeah, and it scratches an itch. Yeah, definitely. And you do get hooked. And you can just have it in like ten minute bite sized pieces. It's fine. Go. Have you done? Oh, you finished now. Okay, let's talk yeah. about. Welcome the back. Um, now, what <laughs> I want to say is. I like that the story goes beyond just like when it, when you start, it's like, oh, there's people missing uh, and um, something else, the red text. And it's like, you're like, okay, this is just going to be a story of red texts are taking the text to start a revolution. But then they introduce the human party that's like against Doesn't the like robots. Text, yeah. And then, um, and then I like the, I like that in the end, it's just, um, it's an it's a number error that like it does it does come to that but it's not texts are being taken uh, and it, it's but it's, they they are they're being overproduced and moved yeah. outside of the city yeah which is a good like it's it's a good twist a good detective story needs a good twist and this is a very good one I think I really I really liked it and there was even a point where it was like well, Red Tech can't be the bad guy because he appeared halfway through. So it can't even be that. Um, and there was even a point, and this is what blew my mind and what I like why I was like, yes, this story is really good, is because there's a point where it's like, is this even real? You don't even know. You're stuck on a train. This could all be lies. And I think what it's one of the other detectives is like, is this true or is this just Chinese whispers? And you're like, you're feeding that fear of human hatred into the robots. So then when they respond to you, like they speak with fear back, you know? And I was like, oh, oh, it's all in my head. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought it was good, but I felt like it, I felt like there were almost too many red herrings, you know, going like, oh, it's a numbers there. Oh, it's, um, them. oh, it's just people getting rid of them in anger because there are angry people. Oh, the red tech is here. It's like it's just constant red herrings. I didn't see them as red herrings, but more like possibilities. Yeah, like and leads then you'd follow, the, and then chop the down. other detectives were like, "You would say, what if it's this?" And then the other detectives in the end were like, "Yep, it's that. It's got to be that." All right, bye. Cool. Yeah, catch just you like, on the flip. Okay, we'll go with that one. Whereas it's I, obviously the character wasn't, and I wasn't like, no, that doesn't make any sense because there's still things that are wrong. Yeah, well, that's why to me it feels more like a red herring rather than a possibility. No, yeah. I think it's a possibility. Like, I definitely felt like I was investigating different lines of possibilities. Like, is it the red tech? And you'd ask questions and they would give you more information and make you think about it. I, see, I was still too convinced on him, but for some reason the focal point of it like disappeared very quickly and I wasn't sure how I had come to that conclusion that it couldn't be him. And yeah. I was also not buying that it was people just destroying them. Um, but I had to like focus on that for a little while. So, so that's reason... that illusion of choice thing. It's like you had to go through everything. I guess yeah, he's meticulous. Linear. He's a very meticulous yes. detective. <laughs> uh, the reason that the red tech was like said it couldn't be him is because the disappearances started happening before he started being sus. Yeah, before he arrived. They were and, and so and this it's the old robot the old tech is like oh well it can't be that and then your focus point gets deleted no, i don't right. know how this i don't know if that's like gameplay or just if because it could be like well if your detective doesn't believe that then you can't use it kind yeah. of thing but to me just saying that the red tech arrived after the disappearance has begun doesn't mean that he's not a part of it 
you which know? turned out to be true. true. You're a yes. good detective. <laughs> well done. Well, there you go. But no, a good story. It was definitely, I, w- I was hooked. I was like, I do want to know where this is going. I want to know why management don't want the detectives even, like the de- they don't want the detectives really doing their job. They want the detectives to find out. I felt that this was going to be that the people I were talking to, I as a detective, are, are basically sealing their fate by talking to them. In what way? Uh, so this tech has mentioned dis- disappearance. So management, through yeah. me, will make that tech disappear because yeah. they don't like that information getting out. So I felt like um, oh, I, I felt the twist mean. was going to be that I, as the detective, am responsible for di- disappearances because I'm learning about things management don't like. That would be good too. But that I, f- I feel like he's trying to make... A fine line between this Orwellian, you know, strict government and because if it was that, then it would be too one-sided because yeah. they kept you kept you on many possibilities. Like, is it humans? Is it texts? Is it this? Is it that? Until the very end when Red Tech walked in. I That blew my mind. I was like, what? <laughs> no. What? That's good. That was good. I was uh, kind of waiting for something like that. Like I wasn't. I wasn't predicting that the one at the beginning was the red tech. But I was like, I feel like we're going to already have met him. Like he'll be one of the listeners because they were just there doing nothing. And I, and that's the thing. I was like trying to figure out what they were what they were for. And I kept talking to them. Yes. Every time they came <laughs> up, and I was like, something like, am I going to learn their um their code thing that shuts them down or takes their AI away or whatever? And I, I just come to the point where I was like, okay, this must just be an excuse to have different music for each section. Yeah. I feel like it was that and it was a good kind of not I wouldn't say that was a twist that the listeners were listening to you, but yeah. it was definitely like good world building, I suppose. I, I definitely became suspicious of them once the like other detectives had rocked up and the um, the communication point tech who you can like upload things to. I definitely had at that point was more suspicious of of techs and I thought, yeah, these listeners, there's something going on with them. Speaking of the world building though, I really like the the world in this, like the fact that these um, robots are more than just, you know, slaves like that, but they're, are they're, they? Well, yeah, well, they, they, they are, they... but they're not. Like, they still get to go home and they still get to catch a train and do what they want and hang out with their... Like, they get friends, you know? And, and they, they have, get lovers. Yeah, but but they still do what they are meant to do. And they clearly, they have emotions because there's a emotional detective. Yeah. And it's interesting that they, like... I like the choice to very briefly skip over the the three laws of robotics or whatever they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, Asimov's laws. Yeah, those ones. Because, um, yeah, AI isn't that simple. And I like that they like they avoid, they kind of avoid the depth of that. They're just going, oh, it's just gray. Like, we have AI. We're just like humans. It's gray, just like everything else. But they were still bound by it. Like, I think they all admitted that they can't hurt anyone. Yeah, directly. But things like, they're like, we can be told to do it, but we can't do it ourselves. So that's not really freedom. You know? No, yeah, it's not freedom, but it's it's not as strict as, like, for example, in iRobot, where it's like, no robots can can kill humans or have, or through their actions, have harm come to humans, et cetera. Because it's a little more gray. Like, when you're talking to the first robot and it's like, oh, what cases are you, did you finish? And he's like, there's a few options. And one of them is like, um, uh, a, a it was a derelict of duty or something in a robot because he was talking to another robot missed that a human needed his help it's like <laughs> like something like that is is a cool spin on ai in a sci-fi world i also like that they i like to imagine further in the world that if you're a human and you've got two techs you wouldn't hear what they say. Like, I don't know how mm. texts do talk to people if they do have a voice 
chat option. Yeah, I think they do. But as a human with two texts, they would be talking to each other and you wouldn't know what they're saying. Yeah. That'd be creepy. You'd be like, I know you're communicating. What's going on? (laughs) I was just going to say, and what about the the final choice? Are we... uh, I I shot myself. Okay. I feel like I regret it. Let's recap what the options were. I I forget because it kind of doesn't like it's almost opposite ends of the spectrum because it's like if you shoot the red tech, yes, your information get you go you leave your information gets uploaded. The management learns about the army. the army of techs and bombs them, and then evolute like killing the red tech. Yeah, stops the evol stops the the uprising. Yeah. Yes. And killing yourself. Means that management never learns, so the uprising happens. Yeah. Which is bad. <laughs> to me, it was it it became a a binary, not a not really a grey thing. It's like so they so they're going to an army is going to come into the city and potentially kill like innocents, and then eventually the robots will die out because the lower classes will just put them into management and there'll only be some management bots left by the end of it. That just seems like the bad choice rather than what they currently have, which is robots are actually very helpful. Yes, there is a displaced part of society, but they're not being killed. They're just displaced. So they could evolve into other parts of society. They could learn to do other jobs. But I think the point the the point they were making was that it, that's not working because there are people who are like there's there's political parties that were against robot like the fact that robots were taking all the low level jobs was causing more dis- dissonance in in that like society wasn't wasn't happy with like it it was convenient and it's good but do you want like, happiness or okay sorry do you want unhappiness or do you want war that was the yeah that that's the choice that's a good point i did want like i did as i was making the choice i'm like oh, do i want to do this or do i want like i want somewhere in between you know because there was a good point there was a line that stuck with me and it was so like you know that nanny bot and they're like ner- human nannies and human nurses love their jobs but they're being taken away and i'm like that's a good point because robots don't like Robot nannies and nurses are good, but it's like people's vocations are being stepped on, then there's a problem. Like, there's probably very few people who go, I want to be a janitor. So janitor robots would be good. And I also did agree with the point where it was like, the government is crap, but you know who'd be a good government? Robots, because they're smart. And it's like, yeah. And so I agreed with that. And then the more I've been thinking about it, the more I've been dwelling on it, the more I'm like, there was no army. I just killed myself for no reason. It (laughs) didn't exist. Because I was, again, still holding on to the idea that it could, it's all fake. It could all be fake. But I think think he was telling the truth. There is an army. So there is. And because, so the ends, the ends don't justify the means. Like, yes, what they're suggesting is a nice thing, but you want war to do it. And that's that's still a negative karma option to me. That's not yeah. gray. Yes. See, the way they made it seem was, see, like, so you're very black and white on it, and I'm still, so my, the way I ended it was, because first you had to point the gun, and I, I was like, yeah, let's not kill people. Let's keep things the way they are. But then as, like, he's, he's trying to obviously convince you at the end, and I ended up shooting myself. So that like I went from pointing to him to shooting myself. And I was like, because it's it's it does a good job, at least to me, of presenting the, like the pros and cons of both sides, and not. So it was a hard choice. I think it was also very like, you were doing this from the mindset of a tech, like I was. I was thinking as a robot, what do I want more than as cuz if i was to think as a human do i want other humans to die no no i do not no, but think of bad. it from their perspective because they said they can't hurt people so as a tech think of it this way you will be told to attack a city and kill people then some of you will be installed in management 
and the rest of you will be destroyed because the people want their jobs back. So it's even really bad for robots. They're more free, but there'll be less of them. Yes, but all like it's it's hard. It's to me, it's it was a hard choice, and like a lot of those texts that couldn't be placed in that future scenario. Maybe it's like a knife wrench. It's a it was a good idea on paper. It didn't work when you know you stab yourself wrench. trying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's your daily. Scrubs reference, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, it's like it's just they're no they're tools that are no longer required. It's it's unfortunate, yes. And at the end of the day, if you don't want to just destroy them all, then let them live their happy robot lives. They don't need that. They That's just need true. electricity, maybe some oil. It's not like they need to be destroyed, they're just taken out of that equation. Yeah, because the way it made the way it read to me was that not that they wanted to start a war, but like more like we'll just march in there um, and take and if, yeah. And, uh, it's only, true, only not kill, a war. Yeah, like no, and not but, not only kill the people that resist, kind of thing. Like I didn't <laughs> see that's much terrible. <laughs> yes, but like you're making it sound like they're just going to mow down people in the streets. Like that's what a war sounds like to me. Absolutely, it sounded more like Matt said, like a coup. Like they're going. It's a but it's a revolution. The the Russian Revolution, the French Revolution. So many people died. Yes, but that's... Coups are not... You, you rarely get a clean coup. Management would not allow them to do it. They would fight, but they'd already be within the city. So then they'd be bombing the bots that are attacking and then civilians could die as casualties. Yeah, well, that's on management's <laughs> plate, not mine. I just... I only killed one person and that's like, me, so... It doesn't... Like, if, if they were planning, like, a very covert kind of coup, like, oh, we're going to get into management... But they they built an army. There were like thousands of missing techs. Yeah, and it's like so that's not a good sign. But that to me is like they don't want them found out because they could just bomb the warehouse that they're at. But once it's go time, it's like we've got all these like techs. Like, don't dare fight us because you'll lose no matter what. Anyway, so you chose to shoot red tech. I'm guessing. Yes. How did that go for you? <laughs> Fine. What happened when you shot him? Um, did it cut to black? He's, yeah. Yeah, he's just kind of ex- kind of accepting of it. He tries to... Sh- like, I feel like he's trying to shame the, te- the detective and the player because he says, oh, your choices are you can maintain the status quo or you can have a new idea you know, yeah. Well, because he's—it's like you got you got damn unimaginative person. And I was like, like no, like I've, I, that pushed me as well to push back. It's like, ah, uh, yeah. To say to say that the thing I'm feeling like siding with is not a good idea is is like, oh, this is new. This will solve things. It's like it was almost like a little bit of like a political sell. Like, how about a new idea? And I was like, no, your idea, your idea brings death. <laughs> That's his point of view as, as you know, the red tech. So he, of course, he's going to try and push it on you as best he can. Like, he's like, it's your choice in the end. But I still think Bones is right. And it's interesting, actually, I think now that um, apart from you, right, there's no second um, party to, to be convincing you, like, He's there telling you to make the revolution happen, but there's no one there to tell you to not, like, apart from you as a human. It's almost like a human, like you as the human playing the game is the second party going like, well, I don't want humans to die. That's a good point. Maybe maybe it's that. It's like you're weighing up death. And also, I think humans innately are, like, fixed to the status quo. So you've got death, and status quo just as two general things that already exist in our mind and they're like things that we don't like we don't want death and we want to try to keep the status quo uh and then you've got this change that involves death and so you're like you've got this guy trying to convince you and swear you on it um but i i guess that just means that 
Adrian, you and I are new age people and uh, might be stuck <laughs> in the past. So. You're horrible <laughs> warmongers who <laughs> hey, hey, you don't, don't want to find others, now. don't want to find peaceful solutions to our problems. That's what I wanted. I wanted, like, yes, I agree that their management has flaws, but I don't, I didn't think an, uh, an army is the right means to get that end. And I think the the like for the status quo is the world building, the excellent world building they did that led you up to that point. You learn about other tech stories, their interactions with people. And I I kind of liked the world. I saw that these texts had problems, but it the it gave the world life, this sort of thing. Yeah. I look forward to some sort of sequel or spiritual successor that's a bit more fleshed out. Maybe you can move outside of a train you know um the world is really good and the ideas are there like i feel like this could be expanded upon and i would be really keen for something more in that same realm of this i loved thomas was alone never played volume and i love this mike bethel is a very good game maker uh i i suppose as an individual and also mike bethel games is that just him as well? No, I guess it's his team. Like, imagine that. that. Imagine having it. a team. I'd love that. I'd love a team. We do. We're no time to grind. And thank you for listening. No, wait, wait, wait. It's not <laughs> over yet. <laughs> um, um, uh, Next week, what are we doing? What are we doing? That is the question. Yes, we're asking my... you because it's your turn to pick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. I've been racking my brains trying to figure out what to play and now's your time to choose now my time is to choose and i think i'm going to go with oh the anticipation <laughs> can we get a drum roll with the binding of isaac the binding of isaac okay 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 all right all right okay i'm, I'm down i'm down is there's so many switch? there's so many that i want to say i'm going to say binding of isaac is okay. it on the switch it is on yes. the Switch. It's $60 on the Switch. Whoa! Dang, dude. I bought this in a pack for like $5. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. To be so fair, though, is that the, like, the newest, latest, fanciest? Because they've like done like three or four different re-releases of that game yeah. with like more content and more stuff. It is Afterbirth Plus. Okay. Afterbirth Plus. Mm-hmm. It's $80 on EB Games. Oh, retail even more. Oh, boy. It's five uh, bucks on PC. <laughs> five bucks. Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna go and have a look and download it now. I think I've just got. I don't know if they gave everyone like the better version or something. I've but got. Yeah. Do we go? Wrath of the Lamb. Yeah, I probably have that. that. The, is that not the sequel? No. Is it the sequel? I don't know. No. Uh, no, it's DLC. It's which I seen have. as the. Yeah. Well, ladies DLC. and gentlemen, this is just how we talk to each other. <laughs> I kind of forgot you were here, to be honest. Yeah, it's DLC, um, and I'm because I'm downloading it now. Uh, but it's a roguelike game. The, yeah, there's not really an end. There is. There, like, is. there is in. There definitely is. Okay. Well, I've never played it before, so I thought I I do want to play things that I've never played before, but I want them in bite size. Like this was really good subspace circular. So hopefully, Binding of Isaac is another short game that we can get the experience from even if we don't complete it. Okay. And I'm, it's installed. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to start downloading and I've got about six more seconds to go. It's a very small game. Oh, look at me. I bought the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian is now playing The Binding of Isaac. <laughs> and we started. We're off. Go. Go, ladies and gentlemen. Go. Gallivant um, into the wonderful world of Binding of Isaac and then join us in two more weeks, when we talk about it, and uh, <laughs> Michael give us his wonderful experiences. Wait, wait, hey, Michael, have you played this? Sorry. I've never played it. Okay, Michael's never played it. Adrian and I have played it. I've played it a little bit. Adrian's played it a lot, from what I recall. This yep. was, what, five years ago? Yeah. Right. Um, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. <laughs>